Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with our special guest, Tom Rhodes. Hey, Tom, how are you, brother? Magnificent. Great to see you. You look fantastic. For me. For me. You know, for me. <laughs> for anybody. JB, can I get a little more volume on the ears? Uh, yeah, there's a oh, it's on the side? volume thing, yeah. Thanks, JB. Oh, hey. <laughs> JB! Hey, that sounds JB's professional now. <laughs> JB. Uh, Brand Simon. Andy Brant Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back. Get the volume and everything's going to be dialed. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> we'll be right back with the family. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. A justice flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. That works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Not this time. I forgot to plug in the other oh, one. For oh, for <laughs> What a disaster. Here we go. I am a disaster. No wonder I get texts at the station saying, oh, yeah, I'm a crabby bastard. Because <laughs> you have to deal with me. Because I have to deal with you. I know. Yeah, we have the talk and text line there. For some reason, the fill-in guy sent me a text. It was how much the guy hated my guts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to read on the air. Yeah. So I read it on the air, and I went, you know, basically we both win because... You don't have to listen. And now I, I looked at criticism, so I may have learned something from this. Why open yourself up to that? <clears throat> like, I don't like Twitter at all. It's, uh, I don't either. I think I it's, it's the it. hate faucet. And why should any moron 
have uh, direct contact with Couldn't me. agree. I don't get it. Couldn't agree more. Seriously, you're absolutely right. Those people, and, and by the way, they don't have to stand here or just sit here face to face with you and say it to you. Yeah. They just, oh, I, my name is, you know, Bill Burditzman. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your name is Bill Burditzman. Yeah, I uh, I got off Twitter seven years ago. Oh my God, good good choice. I did. I I um I've been contemplating that myself. I would. I, it's just not worth it. I've Literally. never been on Twitter, and I never will be. I think that's a wise choice. I um, was on a podcast for comedians uh, called Kill Tony a few weeks ago, and I was talking about the movie The Joker, and yeah, I, right. um, I, I I thought it was a strong film, but I didn't care for it because I of the story. Right there with you. Yep. And um, I got this massive backlash because I had given away the ending of the movie. How? Well, the movie... Uh, it, okay. I mean, he's the Joker. Spoiler alert! For <laughs> I hate those words, but if you're so sensitive and you don't want to hear the, the ending of the Joker, please go away right now. Um, I didn't like the Joker because it's a movie about an open micer who kills a more famous, successful yeah, comedian. that's correct. If you boil the film down, that's what it's about. And, you know, why couldn't the Joker have been, like, a brilliant, great comedian? Right. And, um... You know, I thought the movie leaned a little too hard on the the mental illness, and I didn't like that. You know, he was he was an open micer, like a um, you know an untalented person. Right. So I got this massive backlash on. I mean, not massive, but you know, uh, a, a handful of hate-filled messages and and all this, and like, why so, why do I have to? You know, but it's um, a movie. You don't have to like every movie. Why do they care? Well, I mean, why do we have to wait till everybody who every guy who lives in his uh, mom's basement to find the quarters <laughs> under the couch cushions to see the movie? It's, right, right. It had earned twenty two hundred and seventy seven million dollars by then. So, oh, you know, well, how how long does it have to be until we can talk about films or things that are happening in the world? And you and you ask why do we have to like the movie because they want to feel vindicated because they like the movie. Yeah. And if you like the movie, then they feel vindicated. Oh, I just love how people ask for your opinion, you give it, and then they don't like you anymore. I literally, honestly, whenever I say my prayers at, at night, I go, you know, God, whatever Tom Rhodes thinks, just let me think that way. <laughs> <laughs> Every night We're I'm usually praying. on the same page, so you're, you're, <laughs> your prayers are just, you know. My prayers would be an answer, baby. One after another, baby. <laughs> one after another, they show. I did think... Um, Joaquin Phoenix is a hell of an actor. A brilliant um, performance. He is an amazing And, you know, actor. it was a powerful piece of art because yes, it got such yes. a strong reaction out of me. So, I mean, you know, it was yep. worthy, and I yep. recognize that. But I do agree with you. I didn't care for the movie either. It's First of all, it was way too long. I mean, two hours and 40 minutes or whatever it was. It's like, would you is pick up the pace was? for God's sake? At least It was at least two and a half hours. Hmm. But his acting, Alec Baldwin was terrific in it. Uh, I'm not Al Baldwin. Uh, Robert, was it Robert De Niro played? What did he play? He played like a Johnny folks. Carson. Yeah, type that's right. Character. Robert De Niro played. That's right. De Niro played the Johnny Carson. That's who I was thinking of. De Niro, who's apparently lost his mind. Is it now? Is he dumped his wife and he dumped this? He just got all of a sudden. De Niro's dumped everybody now. What the hell is that all about? I think he goes through periods where he might be a little hard to get along with. You think just maybe? And I was like, hell of an actor. Once again, have you seen The Irishman yet? No, I can't wait. I do want to see it. Yes. But again, three and a half hours long. I mean, like a Scorsese movie is like a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's an event. You know, you feel um, 
obligated to go see it. But it's going to be on <clears throat> Netflix, so you can watch part of it. Four, four, four 45 minute segments. They're going to break it up? No, I am. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have his intermissions. I'll have my intermissions. <laughs> go on out to the lobby. <laughs> really phenomenal. It'll be terrific. Oh, my God. I have always loved movies. One of the things about being a poor kid, going to the movies is a very big deal for me. I think I think uh, cinema is man's highest achievement. I think you're I right. I think I've educated myself watching documentaries and foreign films. No doubt about it. I agree with you. I Another uh, prayer answer, uh, Tom. Yeah, see? <laughs> Tom, I'm thinking just like Tom Rose. Thank you, God. Um... No, it, it, it used to be an hour and a half, and you would go, and you'd either learn something or you'd be touched by emotion or whatever. And now there's always, it's three and a half hours long, and about two and a half hours of that is political messages, which I am so, uh, yeah, I understand, you know, we can work on a lot of things, but I'm just here to be entertained, I really am. I mean, I want some popcorn and spill it all over my seat and look like a total douche when I get up and leave, because the place is a mess, you know. But... Although I do love going to the movies with my wife. I don't know if you remember Catherine or not, but she's a very, very, uh, very strong-willed woman. Catherine is. So basically, if I go to the movie with her uh, and somebody starts to talk, she will go, shh, like that. And then if they don't quiet down, she points to me and then goes to them and goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, oh, okay, honey, so I'm the cops. No, I <laughs> That's there great. He is. That's like great. Catherine You're the one who's got to fight. Yeah, and I'm the one that has to go over. You know, and said, Laurie, thanks, Catherine. Oh, I'll wait here, Tom. I'll, I'll just wait here. I lived with a French woman in San Francisco years ago, uh, Natalie. And uh, we'd go to the movies, and like if someone would sit in front of us, she'd go, she'd go, "Oh no, baby, they're not going to sit in front of us, are they?" <laughs> and then they would get up and leave. It like worked every time. <laughs> oh no, baby! <laughs> no, baby! I love that. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> now are you going to be going to the movie with the French woman again? Now that you're a single man. Uh, no, I'm still very good friends with Natalie, and um, and I go to Paris once a year. It's my favorite city. Um, but I, uh, I I met a new uh, woman that I've been oh, dating, and um, I go to the movies with her. Really? No, by the way, I saw the Joker with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to just, by looking in your eye. I'm trying to go. Wonder which way I should take this, just by the look in your eye. It's <laughs> one of those. There's deals. so many ways to go. No, but it's cool. What I really like is you talk about the fact that you and your wife have divorced, you know, but it was an amicable divorce. And you yeah, we're still along. really good friends. Yeah, uh, there was no infidelity, no major crisis. Uh, you know, we just evenly divided the money. She, uh, I still love her. She's like family. And she's actually uh, working for me now. Yeah, you were telling me that. That's uh, great. Which is, it's amazing. It and is amazing. Uh, no one I've ever met who got divorced had a friendly, happy story. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, I still care deeply about the woman. Do you like the, just the simple stuff about this? With Catherine, Catherine and I have been together now, going on 39 <clears throat> years, been married for 33 years. Uh, it's been great, no doubt about it. And I'll tell you one, something happened yesterday which explains why I love my wife. I mean, there are many, many reasons. But the fact that she will laugh about anything. We're, uh, yesterday we're going out to dinner, and it's time to wheel the trash down to the, to the curb for pickup on Friday morning. So as I'm bringing it down, she's about, I don't know, 
70 feet behind me. She goes, Tom, wait, wait, wait. I said, what? She goes, there's a little poop bag from the dog. And I said, well, just throw it down here. I'll put the lid up and you just throw it down here, right? So she's like 70 feet away and she takes it and whips it. It hits off the, because you know, I got the lid open. It hits the lid and goes right in. Ten minutes of her celebrating the fact that she made the <laughs> This is why I love that woman. For ten minutes, she's celebrating the fact that she sunk a bag of turds <laughs> into a trash can. And you supported her those whole ten minutes. It's a quality woman right there. If she can laugh about that, she can laugh about anything. Yeah. It's great to have somebody who laughs. Oh, you know? um, my new girlfriend is, is very funny. Uh, laughs, uh, thinks I'm hilarious, and um, everybody does. I mean, oh, well, she must thanks. not be a comic, though. Uh, no, but she's uh, an uh, she's a comedy aficionado. So mm-hmm. she had <clears throat> she had been to Rome, and uh, we were. I was talking with her about the 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 Vatican museums, and the time I had been to the Sistine Chapel twice, and she said. Um, she remembered when she had visited the Sistine Chapel. She remembered looking up at the ceiling and thinking, "Are you mean you mean to tell me there's 15 more of these?" See <laughs> <laughs> now that is quality. That's hilarious. That's quality yeah. right yeah. there. Man, I was just going to say in the hood we used to call it the 16th Chapel. 16th yeah. Chapel. That's the same joke. <laughs> there it is. Joke, baby. There yep. it is. <laughs> Maybe she's from your neighborhood. <laughs> I kind of doubt it. <laughs> you might be. You never know. I knew the one white person in my neighborhood. You didn't say she's white. <laughs> Maybe the comedy writers were just eavesdropping in your neighborhood. <laughs> the guys at the barbershop reading the paper were making diligent notes. <laughs> A lot Jamie, of humor happened there, though. Are the black barbershops still in business? Yes. God, I used to love that when I was a kid. And you go in those black barbershops, they'd be everybody was Joe Lewis, man. Yo, Joe Lewis, whoop your ass. There's a black barbershop in my neighborhood on Fairfax Avenue, really? and they've got a, a neon sign, and it says, uh, "What would Kanye think?" <laughs> I love that. He changed his name. Yeah. What is it now? His name is not official yet, but he changed his name, and it will be official. His new name is Christian Genius Billionaire Kanye West. <laughs> Wow. It's five names now, Wow. He goes, wow. <clears throat> I should change mine to struggling to pay the rent. Uh, <laughs> I'm to pay the rent, Tom Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oddly enough, my, um, my new girlfriend loves Kanye, and um, she told me he's a genius, and that his first five records are genius. So I've got the first three, and I've been listening to them, and um, I have to say, the man is a genius. Is he a Christian and I always a billionaire, thought, though? Uh, and I, I, I think it's interesting he's doing this Christian revival thing. It's, yeah, it's very yeah, overpriced. Uh, I talked to someone who just went to the show. They had the... Um, oh, she was wearing... He was a comedian in L.A., and she was wearing Kanye's concert shirt, and it just said, Jesus is king on the... On the shirt, and mm. she said it cost $170. <laughs> That's why he's king. Oh, my He gets God. a cut. In the concert yeah. shirt? Yeah. Jesus will not be undersold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I squabble when I have to pay 45 bucks Jesus for one. saves up to buy expensive concerts. <laughs> yeah, saves up to $170. I was going to ask, is he genius because he's getting people to buy that crap? Or what? Yeah, yeah you know. it must be. Crap? That's kind of negative. <laughs> JB. I'm, as you can tell, I'm not a fan. No, you never have been a fan of Kanye. And it was long before the the slavery comment. Because I actually understood what the knucklehead was trying to say when he made the comment. What slavery comment? <clears throat> the, uh, the, oh, the whole that 
problems for blacks is they still had the slavery mentality or something like that. He or that they, that they, they had allowed it to happen right. or something like the that. Blacks and I never, I never liked, I never liked oh. Kanye for, because <laughs> I thought he was such a moron <laughs> in like public statements and things. And that's why I would never give his music a chance. Right. And only because my, my girlfriend loves him so much, I was like, all right, I'll give this a whack. Was your girlfriend but, 19 or what? Was not much older. There you go, baby. This was ah. Well, Catherine's nine years young, younger than me, but I'm guessing she might be a little less or a little more than nine years younger than you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dave and I are 14 years apart. It's all 14 right. 14 years. That's it? Yeah. That's it. No, I just, aren't you like 16? No. I wish. God, Tom, I wish I could go back to high Tom, school. Tom, Tom. Guess how many kids she has. Uh, I know because we're friends on Facebook. Oh, she's like right. your four kids, right? No, more than that. Wow. But, well, I have three of my own. Yeah. And but between Dave and I, we have eleven total. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. so they got so, the, the last time I was here two years ago. We became very good friends, and we See, that's uh, how it should be. He, he support each other best. on on Facebook and I stuff. I love it. Yeah, yeah, he just said, "Give Tom my best." So he's busy working, and then we're also going to Galaxy Con. We're going to be tonight. there all weekend. Yeah, tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Say hello to George Takei. <laughs> George so, is a big fan. Yeah. <coughs> it's fun going to those, though. I, I it? miss it. Yeah. I've never been to one. They're, they're fun it, just to see people walk around their costumes and just how much they have a passion for something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of fun just to meet people. And Those are probably the people that I upset by giving away the end of the joke. <laughs> They're all pissed off and you I wonder how many jokers go. I'm going to see at this this oh, uh, yeah. Galaxy Con. Jokers? The, oh, oh, so they all Joaquin doll up? Joaquin Phoenix Joker, I'm sure. Yes. Oh, so they all... They all yeah, the era of the, Chris, the uh, Heath Ledger Joker has ended, I think. Now it's all going to be the a damn new good one. version of the Joker. I don't think anybody will beat Heath. That was, no. that, was no. that was unbelievable. And I like the Jack Nicholson Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That was great. It's way way yeah. back, absolutely. That's so sad that he can't work anymore. No, that's terrible. No, he can't. He's, he's got dementia. He's got real dementia. Bad. Yeah. Oh, he really does. Bad dementia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not. Good. I'm gonna really miss. Yeah, you him never see him at Laker games anymore. No, no, he didn't come out at all anymore. I guess. Oh. And every year, that drool the, bucket's too hard to carry around. Exactly. <laughs> I would watch the first five minutes of the of the Academy Awards just because he would come out and go, to all you women out there, you're never going to get Jack. <laughs> <laughs> every year he'd make an announcement how you were never going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Well, he was such a good actor, and he oh, could do God, anything romantic comedies. My just... uh, girlfriend lives in Portland, and I was there a few weeks ago. And, uh, Maine we took or Oregon? A, we, uh, Oregon. And Oregon. we took a trip down to... Um, Salem, and we went to the. It's the Mental Health Museum, oh. and it's it's where they filmed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah, Nest. Yeah, which I mean, it's eerie to be there, and I and, and Oregon <laughs> had a really terrible um, system. But um, yeah, you, I couldn't wait to get out of there. Richard Liberty, but they sell his little the beanie hat that he wore yeah. in the film. Yeah. They're selling it at the. And really? the gift shop, and it's at Oregon <laughs> Mental Health Museum on the on the beanie hat. You know, That's I'm gonna awesome. have to get out there. I'm gonna have to get out there. Get one. You ever been in a mental institution? I mean, not as a patient, but ever visited anyone? No. It's not comfortable. Mm. I will tell you, because my father was institutionalized when I was a kid. Mm. Going in, watching people talk to no one's really hard. Because mm-hmm. when you're a little kid, you go, who's he talking to? He's just an actor rehearsing his lines. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably what it was. Ooh, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Tom Rose in studio tonight, tomorrow night at Acme. <laughs> 
Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Perfect. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof that dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020 by 2020 and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. All right. Such happy music for the topic. It's a good topic. It's the weekend. It's the weekend. You gotta have the little ELO on a Friday. The Academite Awards. That is a fun that's word. That's very Beatles-y kind of that song. It absolutely that's very Beatles-y. For uh yeah. Yeah. Is he, did he already come to town? Yeah, they came to they town. They already did. Was weeks it ago, September? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hell of a talent. Yeah, I love no, the no. Jeff Lynn is a damn damn good uh, Is it you know. still called Electric Light Orchestra or just I think it's just ELO now. Or ELO <clears throat> or... I think I'm not I sure. I guess it depends on how much space they have to print. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah, I suppose that's true. The ELO experience. Yes. What's oh, the experience means none of the original band members are in it. That's Whenever it's an experience, it's not real. Exactly. That's how I felt when I saw Journey. Jimi Hendrix experience. That was the only experience that was ever real. That was it. One of the great talents of all time. Speaking of Amen, the Oregon brother. area, he's from Oregon originally, right? Uh, Seattle. 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 He's buried in Renton, Washington. I've been to yeah, his, right. his grave twice, and I have. I have a uh, first time I went there in the '90s. I I did a grave rubbing and I have it framed in my apartment. Really? Yeah, that's what I see. I'm as big a fan. I'm uh, Jimmy's. My, and when I was in London in June, there's uh, the Jimi Hendrix apartment, and they actually only oh, lived died. there for a year. Yeah. But it's interesting because it's it, it's called the Handel Hendrix House because the composer Handel lived in the two floors beneath him. Really? And that's where he composed The Messiah. 
And so Hendrix was obsessed with that oh, that energy. Yeah. And he used to play Handel's Messiah a lot in his apartment. And it's really interesting. It was like, a, you know, so you go to the Handel apartments first, and it's set up like, you know, whatever, you know, 17th century, 18th century uh, when he lived there. And then you go to the third floor, which was Hendrix's apartment, and it's a little hippie pad with right, a, a right. mattress on the floor. And, and he had um, <clears throat> tons of uh, sci-fi um, books. He oh, was, I didn't know that. Yeah. Big in the sci-fi. Yeah, huge. You know what locked me in forever with him? Because what happened was when I was <clears throat> 15 years old, the album came out 67, right? Are You Experience came out, I believe, in 1967. Uh, and a friend of mine got it for Christmas. Hated it, so I oh. bought it for 50 cents, Wow, which was a great buy for me. <laughs> but what locked me in forever with Jimmy Hendrix, the great guitar work, obviously, great songs like Purple Haze and, you know, wonderful. But uh, was it Third Stone from the Sun? Or I believe in the middle of the song, he just says, and you'll never hear surf music again. <laughs> I will never. Because I'm growing up in the inner city, right? Yeah. And... I love the Beach Boys. You know, they were on. I worked at Capitol Records. They were on Capitol. Nicest people in the world. The, Brian Wilson is this sweet, really damaged man. It's just kind of sad, actually. Mm. His dad beat him into mental illness. There's no doubt about that. The nicest people in the world. But I'm sitting in, in, in you know, ghetto central Minneapolis, and I hear about how, you know, I have to be true to my school and in my room. Well, I didn't have a room. And I was driving my car, I didn't have a car. So I didn't have a whole lot in common with the Beach Boys, right? So here comes this black guy playing an upside-down guitar, which people don't realize that he actually did. He had a a Fender Stratocaster, which was for a right-handed player. He flipped it upside-down because it was the only guitar he had. And I think he played that thing for the rest of his career. You know, uh, Jimi Hendrix's first guitar was from Sears. That makes sense. His father bought him a guitar from Sears when he was a kid. I love, uh, I think it's the song Up From the Skies where Jimmy says, uh, I just want to talk to you. I won't do you no harm. I just want to know about your different lives on this here people farm. <laughs> I, just, I just love that he refers to the earth as the people farm. <laughs> people farm. Yeah. Well, that's a good reference. No doubt about that. So was his guitar a Kenmore? Was it a Kenmore guitar? That was the that was the series model, wasn't it? Frigidaire. It was a Frigidaire guitar. Yeah, that whole deal. You see pictures of Jimmy out there with uh, Little Richard at the beginning of his career, the Isley Brothers. He played with everybody. There's a story I heard where, um, like, Jimmy had a really good friend from Sweden, and he was spending a lot of time in Sweden, and. Um, the friend had taken Jimmy to visit his grandmother, who lived way out in like rural Sweden somewhere, and it was freezing. And they got there, and she had a fire going in the fireplace, and that's where he wrote the song "Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire." I have only one burning desire: let me stand next to your fire. Which you think is a sexual song, right, but right. Jimmy was cold and just wanted to get Literally. next to Grandma's fire. <laughs> See, isn't that great, though? See, I'm, I'm filled with little knowledge nuggets. There's nothing wrong with that. Tell me about Norwegian Wood by the Beatles. I still love that. <clears throat> I'll tell you about Norway. I just, uh, right, there's a lot of um, uh, Norwegian people live here, uh, yeah, de- they do. descendants. Um, yep. So, Sweden was always the country with money, and Norway and Finland were like completely broke. Right. And now, Norway has a ton of oil wealth. Because and, of America. Um, you know, it's interesting, like, uh, Norway is always number one 
in uh, happiness, and Finland's always number two. And sometimes Finland will work hard, and then they'll be the number one happiest right, country in the world. Right. But Sweden is consistently the third happiest country in the world. So I, it, it was sometime in the in the late seventies. Uh, Norway did not realize how much oil wealth that they had. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they made an offer to Sweden for, I think it was 40% of Volvo to cut them in on uh, the Norwegian oil profits. Really? And uh, Sweden said no. And then it turned out that that would have resulted in like $75 billion over the time. Mm-hmm. And then... Like 10 years ago, Nor- uh, Volvo was sold for $10 billion. So maybe Sweden would be happier if they were better at making deals. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because they also, Sweden also invented the three point seat belt, but they didn't patent it because they wanted it to do, they knew it would do good for the world and save lives. So they could have made a fortune off of just that three point right. seat belt. But here's the thing about Norway Norway has a lot of oil wealth, and Norwegian people are racist against Swedish people. Yes, they are. Yeah. Absolutely. In, they are. When I was in, uh, in, in, in Norway, I, I, I was there last year, and um, I'll tell you about my new album um, where I recorded from there, but I've been to Oslo twice, and then I went to Bergen last year, but I heard three different people in Norway when I was there last year tell me Swedish people are our Mexicans. <laughs> they sneak across the border, they sneak across the border, and they take our good jobs. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That's phenomenal. But that's what they say. They say that's that, uh, and, and Norwegian people, uh, someone told me that uh, Polish people go to Germany to work, German people go to Sweden to work, Swedish people come to Norway to work, and Norwegians go skiing. <laughs> they got all that oil money. That's what, yeah. Oh, By the way, hilarious. The United- but I, they have a lot of resentments in Norway against Swedish people. Like, Ikea comes from Sweden, and a lot of the item names in Ikea are actually place names in Norway. And people in Norway are pissed off about it, man. (laughs) I met a woman from Wooden Salad Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) She was so angry. (laughs) Always will be. Another man from uh, Rubber Toothbrush Holder. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, people don't know the United States of America gave the money to Norway to drill for oil. Really? Yeah, absolutely. They got that money from the United States. Of well, America. what's really great there is they have the uh, the Norwegian uh, sovereign oil fund, where yeah. every citizen is is uh, you know cut into the deal. So they're you know they they're covered. We don't have for life. that. No, covered for life. I wonder what that feels like. Hmm. I don't know. Speaking of being uncovered for life, did you see what Las Las Vegas just did? No. Yesterday, Las Vegas ruled against homelessness in the city of Las Vegas. You cannot sleep on the sidewalk. You cannot pitch a tent anywhere. Well, it's pretty brutal. I've been going to Vegas a lot and uh, the last few years because all these great comedy clubs have opened there. And, you know, all those walkways over the Sunset Strip, it's like... It's a poverty gauntlet it walking is, across yeah. them. It is. It's disgusting. They got to do something about this. Well, I mean, this is the city that basically <coughs> exists to exploit people's addictions. So, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much. And then true. they get upset that people are getting ruined there. I mean, but you know, you can look if your number one source of income, otherwise, most other than gambling. Well, it had, it would include gambling. It's gambling. Right? It's alcohol. It's drugs. But it's tourism. Mm-hmm. All well, of that is sold to tourists. So yeah. I mean, you can't have people sleeping in a tent on the street. Yeah. And the problem I have with that, of course, is that if people who need help to get off the street should get the help, but they don't, and I don't understand why that's true. They always say they want to help all the help the homeless and help the home, but they never do it. I don't understand that. 
I just don't get it. If you're going to help them, why don't we? Well, you got the money, right? Uh, I, I look at my, I, you know, because of my age now, I'm on Medicare. Do you know that I've been paying the Medicare for 52 years, and I, my Medicare premium is more than private insurance? How's that possible? What did you do with 52 years of my money that I don't get any of it back? You know, where was the promise that, you know, that you were going to do this, that you were going to jack up the price so much that if I were on private insurance, it would be cheaper? What, what kind of governance is that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why? Explain it to me. <laughs> Sons of bitches. I, <laughs> I, I, I get so pissed off about the, how they just take our money. And, and I'm not talking about Democrats, Republicans. It's all of them. They yeah. all just take our money and do whatever the hell they want with it. Yeah. It's disgusting. I just, I don't know, whatever. And then they'll say, we need more. That's what the, we need to increase our revenue. I was told by an economics professor just about two weeks ago, he said that if we don't do something with the way we spend money in this country, that everybody's state tax will double in 10 years. Now, for Minnesotans, that would mean 20% income tax. <laughs> That's rather high when you're already paying. What, do you, what is the top rate now federally, like 36 Something like that. Something like that. I think it's something like a 36 So basically, after all said and done with the city taxes, is county taxes, state taxes, federal taxes, uh, Social Security, you know, FICA, all the rest of that stuff, it's, it's going to be up around 70% again if they don't do something about this. Right? Hmm. All right, I'm moving on now. You smart ass. I don't know. You got to look. You got a smart I just got health insurance a couple years ago. I've never had it. So no, you've never had it. No, only um, my wife made me get it because she was European and they believed in that kind of stuff. You didn't have insurance when you got in a bike accident. Uh, What two years ago? I did, but I was in Vietnam. Oh, I thought you had a bike accident in, in in Holland or Amsterdam. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a bicycle. Yeah, bicycle accident. Yeah. No, I didn't. No. How the hell didn't you get really hurt? I'm no, I ripped up my face, you know. <laughs> my no, face I got all skinny. Hurt. I just but I, 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 had a, I had a motorcycle accident in, um, in Vietnam? Vietnam last year. Oh, God. 45 miles north of Hanoi. I've been terrified of motorcycles my whole life. Yeah. Uh, and the guy who runs the gigs in Hanoi, it's cool. The gig is, is, is it's on a rooftop bar overlooking the lake that John McCain landed in okay. the height of the war right and uh that was the worst day of john mccain's life and now you can ride a swan paddle boat on that boat. <laughs> uh it's true so um i was 45 miles north and then uh the guy who uh who does the tour motor he does motorcycle tours of of the north of vietnam um he got behind me and started filming like 30 seconds before i crashed and I put it on Instagram, if you scroll back far enough. Really? Um, but, yeah, not, and I had a helmet on, and I just skinned up my elbow, fortunately. But, um, yeah. I did you hit a bump in the road or something? There was uh, a lot of dirt at the edge. I was going up a, oh, yeah. uh, a mountain yeah. road. So you get the tire went too deep and just turned the just wheel? Just spun out from under me. Yeah. But it's cool that I got it on film. Yeah, I suppose it would be. You know, in Vietnam, the currency is called the dong, (laughs) D-O-N-G. I know it's kind of immature, but try and keep a straight face when you're in a shop and you ask somebody, how many dong you want for that? (laughs) Hey, man, I heard Times are tight, son. You really got to stretch that dong. (laughs) What do you think? Dong grows on trees. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. Uh, 
just thinking about all the ways you could take that. <laughs> you know, hey, I heard on your job you make big dong. Did you hear about? <clears throat> did you hear about my? Uh, I, I think you're making big dong. Um, I am a big dong. How about that? I'm a medium brain. dong. <laughs> I'm proud of it. Uh, I don't know if you heard about my brand new album. It's called Around the World, and uh, it came out earlier this year. Took me two years to record it. It's uh, I recorded it in 24 cities around the world. It starts in Paris, ends in Jerusalem, and it's all mostly jokes and stories. <clears throat> excuse me about each place and it's i've been doing the international circuits for 20 years and it's basically the the fruit of me doing the international circuits for 20 years so um it's the best thing i've ever done it's three hours long it's 40 tracks 24 cities around the world i got two mongolia tracks yeah you were telling beijing that. shanghai <laughs> Uh, and I made it past the first round of Grammy voting for Best Comedy Album of the Year. And I believe the nominations go out this Sunday. So oh, it's this Sunday. It's I'm chewing my days. nails and bouncing my knee a lot. And no, nobody can, like, like, vote on a website in your favor? I don't know. If anybody, I think you have to be on the Grammy voting committee. Uh, no. I got a guy, uh, there's a fan of mine who submitted it and wrote um, up a very nice... Um, whatever nomination letter that's that's gonna i mean that's pretty damn impressive don't you think yeah i mean it it's it took me i was obsessed with making it for two years i mean that and my delta diamond uh status um, <laughs> sure, sure. and it kind of the album kind of cost me my marriage but you know other than that it was worth it but uh, no one's I, ever done anything like it. So. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been, fo- you know, I follow you on Facebook now, and <clears> I see all the pictures of you're in Paris and you're in Mongolia or you're, you know, you're all over the place. And that's- Did you see I took my mother to Jerusalem yes. in December? <laughs> oh, we'll take a break and come back and okay. hear about mom in Jerusalem with Tom yeah. Rhodes. Acme tonight and tomorrow night, 8 and 10 30. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, the ultimate weight loss program powered by Nutrimos is having an early holiday sale. Well, you'll receive 20 to 30% off the cost of the program. Shed those unwanted pounds and look great before the holidays get here. Lose 20 pounds or more. Consumer guarantee. See website for details, ultimatewl.com. Ultimate's plan is unlike any other weight loss program out there. With over 1 million pounds lost to date, and clients like me will tell you that this is a weight loss program that works. This plan is customized for each individual person, and the Ultimate Weight Loss staff will be there for you every step of the way. They helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Start to live your healthiest life and schedule an immediate consultation in their new Edina location or Plymouth with expanded hours. And look great for the holidays. Sale ends Saturday, November 9th. Call now and save. 763 333 7337. Uh oh. Little salute to Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, Sweet little heartbreaker. Foxy. 
And I love the very end of the song when he just goes, I won't do you no harm. What a great, great performer. I don't I can't are you experienced or electric lady land? Do you have one you favor? That's a tough call. Uh, you know what? The the BBC <laughs> Sessions is my favorite oh, yeah, Jimmy yeah, album. Yeah, it's yeah. so great. Even it does is. a little jingle for Radio 1. It's, <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, he was amazing. I got everything, Jimmy. I mean, I, <laughs> Me I, I even got that live box set that came out like 20 years ago. I mean, and I bought all those reissued things. I mean, you know, Jimmy, it's like Prince. It's the same thing. It's like uh, they could put out fart noises and I would buy it. I'm like that <laughs> right. big of a fan. You know why I absolutely fell in love with that guy is at, at uh, Woodstock. He comes out on stage and he says, you can leave if you want to. We just jam and that's all. I mean, when you have that opinion, you're my kind of guy. It's like, you know, just because I'm here doesn't mean you have to stay and watch me. It you started know? raining. Everybody left Jimmy in the cold. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they did. And I, I would just have a daughter that. and name her Jimmy. I think that'd be a great girl's name. J-I-M-I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After Jimmy. After Jimmy. Jimmy Hendrix. And I did love the fact that John Lee Hooker pronounced his name Jimmy Hendriga. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I don't see the G-A at the end, but... If it's there for you, I love John Lee Hooker. I was oh, lo- <clears throat> I was lucky enough to have seen John Lee Hooker in concert four times. I've got thirty two of his albums, and from what I could understand, he was having some trouble with his weight. <laughs> it seemed over thirty two albums. Every album I'd buy, it, hoping something good was going to happen to that guy. But just house rent boogie man. <laughs> I love house rent boogie so much; it's unbelievable. I was like, "Hey, Johnny, my wife she acting a little funny." I said, like, "Yeah, well, everybody funny. You funny too." <laughs> I love that uh, about him. The great. You were talking. Okay, you were talking. He about- says, uh, "I heard last night. I heard Mama and Papa talking. Mama said the man has got the boogie in him, and it's got to come out." Well, it's from Boogie Chill. It's got to come out. It's got to come out. I love it the way he said that. <laughs> and it's got to come out. He is wonderful. What were we talking about when we went to break? You I took my about... 80-year-old Jesus freak mother <laughs> to there Jerusalem. <laughs> if is. I wasn't the favorite child before, I think I got it locked up. You're yeah. in, how, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have two older brothers, and my younger sister died of breast cancer. So that, that, that was just a short time ago, right? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Jeez, that's terrible. That was tough. Yeah, I go oh God, I would imagine younger than you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's got to be really tough. Yeah, and I was close closest with my sister. So. Yeah, I can understand that. Well, I'm yeah, I mean, even after all this time, it's just, you tell by the look in your eye when you mention her name. It's yeah. still there, man. Yeah, it is. And my father died 10 years ago this week. Like, Jesus. Yeah, so. How old was he? 73. That's it? Yeah, killed by a drunk driver. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Killed by a drunk driver. Was he walking or driving? Driving. He was driving? Mm. Yeah, he was broadsided him or something? I hit him in his minivan from behind, and then his minivan flipped a bunch of times and ended up in a ditch. He was in a hospital for a couple months before he died. Oh, you watched for two months? Uh, Three. Did they think he was going to make it at first? Uh, Yeah, it was touch and go, and then... You never really know. He got got pneumonia, and his constitution was weak. I had a friend man talking about that whole situation. He he and his dad went, I don't know, they went up north fishing or something. He's on his way home, and they're all happy. They caught a bunch of fish and drive along. And Oh, man, there's a, the traffic's backed up for miles. And then they go along a couple of miles later, realize it's backed up because of a car accident. So they go past the car accident. He looks over, and it's his sister. Oh, no. Ugh. He looks over, and there's his dead sister laying there in the street. Oh, and they no. go, oh, God. 
That's got to be tough to put up with. It, mm. it had quite an effect on him. I do remember that. So sorry for your loss. All these years later, it doesn't matter. It's still My mother's been dead for 11 years, and I still hate it. Yeah, you never get over that kind of thing. There's just never. degrees of better. <clears throat> it's true. It's true, no doubt. You were just talking about something you were doing. You had talked about your album, and you had moved on to something else. Before uh, Jerusalem. I took my Jerusalem. mother uh, to, I took my mother to Israel. I did a tour of Israel um, in December, and you, you have to be squeaky clean <clears throat> to do this tour and do all these theaters, which I did, and it was great. And um, I flew over a week early uh, and took my mother to Jerusalem. And that was the thrill of her lifetime. And um, then my marriage was falling apart. You know, it was ending. And we, then the tour started and we were in Tel Aviv. And my mother and I were walking along the Mediterranean. Uh, and when I was 16 years old, my high school sweetheart dumped me. And I was completely heartbroken. And my mother and I had to walk around Lake Charm in Oviedo, Florida, hundreds of times before I even started to feel a little bit better. Yeah. Now, here I was 35 years later reliving the same moment with my mother walking along the Mediterranean right. in Tel Aviv. Oh, and I God. realized at that moment that I think my mother is the love of my life. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It works. <clears throat> yeah. In Tel Aviv, uh, where we stayed... Uh, at this hotel on the beach, they said that fruit bats came out at night, which was really tricky for me because every night before I go to bed, I like to put strawberry jelly in my hair and take a walk. See? <laughs> Not that trip. You know the... Uh, <laughs> the, the is that the, your sidelong glance? You <laughs> well, the joke killed in Israel. It was a great joke. It was a good joke. Uh, the, the bus station... Oh, I'll well, forget this joke. No, I want to hear your joke. Where are you going, <clears throat> Andrew? Getting the battery for the camera. Okay, don't lock us in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cave where they put Jesus' body after he was oh, crucified, yeah, yep, when yep. he came back from the dead and he rolls the rock away and he comes out of the cave. Um, that cave is right next to the Jerusalem bus station. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Is Lazarus there? So I could see, you know, Jesus rolling the rock away and coming out of the cave going, Did I miss the three o'clock to Haifa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anytime you can use Haifa in a joke. Yeah, I, that's right. <laughs> Anytime good. you use Haifa, you're good to go. <laughs> is that true? It's right next to a bus station. It is right next to the bus station. That's hilarious. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So nothing sacred here. <laughs> Just, no, it's just such a tiny place. Yeah, and, oh, okay. you know, uh, and apparently the Skull Hill is right there where the, uh, they believe that's where the Trinity crucifixes were. Oh, really? The crosses. The Skull Hill. Yeah. So your mother, <clears throat> what kind of Christian is your mother? Um, strong. I mean, is she Catholic, Protestant? Started Catholic, and then uh, when my parents got divorced, she started going to the Pentecostal church where people speak in the tongues oh, yeah. and flop around. <clears throat> and um, when I was a teenager, my mother made me go to this Pentecostal church. And um, it was the same people every week that would flop around on the ground, <clears throat> talking in tongues. And I actually believe it's possible for the Holy Spirit to enter a human being's body and make them speak in tongues and flop around on the ground. But not every week. <laughs> not every week. <laughs> You're not every week. It's, it's got to pass it around. you got to share it. That. It's like a bottle of wine. I understand. Can I get a hit of that Holy Spirit, son? Well, that's just like in Baptist churches. It's just always the same people who are getting worked up. Mm -hmm. yeah. They get all worked up. I do like a black Baptist churches, though, when they start chanting. I love that shit. I love that chanting thing. 
My mother, uh, ardent Roman Catholic, loved Jesus. Uh, no doubt about it. Same, probably same situation. My mother's a super Christian. She often wears a cape. <laughs> really? <laughs> Works for me, man. <clears throat> so my mother, uh, her younger brother, Ted, invites her to his new... Uh, what is Chaldean Christian? That's, that's not, no, it's no, charismatic Catholic. That's what it was. Yeah. He was going to charismatic Catholic services, which apparently is speaking in tongues and, you know, rolling around and all the rest of it. <laughs> and even he comes up, he goes, Tommy, Tommy, your mother's something else. I said, why? What's the matter? He goes, I took her, I took her to the church service. And people started speaking in tongues and rolling around on the floor. And all of a sudden, because my mother had a really deep voice like this, my mother, right? He says, they're rolling around, they're speaking in tongues. All of a sudden, I hear your mother go, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting your clothes dirty. (laughs) Exactly. What the hell? Who's going to wonder that? That would be such a toots thing to do. There's no doubt about that. God. My mother. So she had a great time, though, in Jerusalem. Time of her life. Yeah, and then I wonderful. did two shows in Jerusalem, and uh, they were the best shows of the tour. They did they did 7 o'clock shows for older people, and then uh, a 10 o'clock show for younger people. And it was just beautiful theater in Jerusalem, and I destroyed. And to have my mom sitting in the audience, and there's, it's, on the, I have, it's on my album, the Jerusalem track. Uh, it was the, you know thrill of one of the highlights of my career and the thrill of my mother's life Aww. did the like the theater manager say hey tom by the way no you jokes no i i mean I, you know, <laughs> i'll tell you the joke that <clears throat> killed the hardest i like it um i i said i'm from orlando florida and uh we have all these amusement parks there and there's an amusement park in orlando called the holy land experience it's a <laughs> religious theme park and what they've done is they've recreated ancient jerusalem at a highway exit. <laughs> and I have to say, the place is very authentic because the parking lot is full of Palestinians and they can't get in. <laughs> and uh, 80-year-old 80, 80 uh, Israeli Jewish women standing and applauding. <laughs> there you go, man. Nice to be a hit to 80-year-old Jewish women. I did great. It was really, really awesome. Is that, you know, I know I've asked you this before. Just yesterday, I, in a way, I asked you about this. But you, you must sit back and think, man... To, to get this far as I, I entertain people. I make people laugh in every country in the world. How does that feel? I mean, it's got to feel amazing. It's a good feeling. I would yeah, imagine. I mean, I have young comedians come up to me and go, you know, you've got the career that I, I dream of. I think right, yours is right. the, you know, to be able to travel the world. And, um, you know, it's, I, I, I got, you know, it was all through London. I had, it was after my sitcom finished. I looked at my NBC money as my NBC artist grant, mm-hmm. and I started taking trips to London, and I got in with London, and I started playing London a lot, and I led to gigs around England, and then I started getting offered gigs around Europe, Australia, Asia, comedy festivals all over the world. So, right. so for me, London was the key to the international circuits. And, um, you know, 20 time. years later, I got this album, and um, I it's... You know, I, I feel very, very accomplished and very happy with the life that I have. Why, I, why wouldn't you? It's magnificent. I'm like, you know, and, I'm, and now I'm just doing, I'm selecting gigs that I want. I'd, I'd really love to go back to Mongolia. They got a great comedy scene and a great club there, but it's so far. But um, right, I, I'm, right now I'm booking a Europe swing for um, June. And I'm gonna, I, I just booked Amsterdam and Paris. And I think I'm going to travel around France for a couple of weeks. And then go do this 
string of one-nighters across Switzerland that I love. I went to the Charlie Chaplin house a few years ago. And uh, you got to go. It's his house where he lived in Switzerland. It's about an hour and a half on the train from Geneva. And uh, it's set up as a museum. It's set up exactly the way he was when he lived there. Uh, But there's this modern building in the backyard. I actually watched the sunset. Uh, You can see the sun sets under the French Alps across uh, Lake Geneva from his backyard. And there's this building, and you go in and you watch this 12-minute movie on his life. And then the screen opens up, and it's the recreation of the London street where he grew up on. Oh, really? And you get to walk down the street, and then really? you and you walk. It's kind of like Disney, Ikea. Yeah. You go, and in each, they've got scenes from each of his movie. And there's a wax uh, uh, mannequin of him in that movie. And you can go onto the sets, like uh, the Gold Rush is the cabin. And it's set up the way he filmed right. it, where the, the right. building is on rollers, and you can walk to one side of the room, and it tilts up and tilts back. And it's just, it's such an excellently done museum. <clears throat> I, we love, we were just in Basel in oh, I love July. Basel. Uh, the, the art museum there is phenomenal. It Did is you see the art museum? I love that place. I, was, I actually was <clears throat> stuck there two, a week before Christmas two years ago. I thought I was going to be... Uh, Amsterdam was snowed in and it was snowing and I, 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 I was oh, stuck yeah. there for I had a gig in Basel uh, which is on my new album by the way and um, I, I had to stay there for five extra days and God, what a, a great, great place, place to be stuck yeah it's a great <laughs> place to be stuck did you get to Lake Luzerne and all that when you were in the area it's no not in that weather probably not. no I tell you what we got we, we flew into Basel well flew into Amsterdam then into Basel and stayed a couple of nights, which was just magnificent. Had a wonderful time. Went up to Lake Luzerne and did all these things. And then we went down the Rhine all the way down to Amsterdam. Nice. It was nice just, trip. Oh, God. The Rhine is fantastic. I took a boat phenomenal. ride once on the Rhine. It's amazing. Fantastic. And the people could not be nicer in every day. I don't care. Germany, France, Switzerland, Amsterdam. Everybody's just really friendly. It was wonderful. So when we were in France, they were taking us around on a tour. And I'm a lot bigger than French people. I just am, right? So the guy's taking us around, and he comes up and he goes, let me ask, I can't do a French accent, so I'm not even going to try. He goes, may I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He goes, are you special forces? I said, I'm 67. (laughs) Pretty sure I'm not. (laughs) But, I mean, so much broader shouldered and taller. They're not big people, so they're fascinated by big people. (laughs) I mean, they just are. And you go around those cathedrals. Tom, would you explain to me how the hell you get an 8,000-pound rock 300 feet in the air in 1600? Yeah. How did they do that? It's amazing. A lot of ropes. I I guess a lot. How many people do you think died building those cathedrals? Because they had to die every day, probably. Yeah, and it took hundreds of years to make it. Hundreds of years to make the churches. Notre Dame was amazing. Uh, It was really heartbreaking that they got gutted by the fire. Catherine was just there. What Your mom was just there about about six months before it burned. Yeah, not long. Yeah, she she took that very hard. She absolutely loved it. I did, too. I was there um, in October last year, and... um, I had gone. I had always wanted to go to the top and see the gargoyles. And so there was one day that I had specifically um, designated to do this. And my wife and I went. And there was a short line. Get all excited. And we go. And the guy, you had to have online reservations. 
Oh. And we were leaving the next day. So I thought, oh, I'll do that the next time I come. Now you won't be able to do that for another hundred years. Yeah. yeah. Mm. My God, this is over already. I, I love, love very uh, I love, people are smart in Paris. I mean, even the children speak French. Thank you very much. <laughs> Great to be here. It can't be easy, I wouldn't think. No, a difficult language. Tom Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30 at Mon Acme. frère, merci beaucoup. <laughs> It's always great seeing you, Tom. It's always great. My father you. said he named me Tom because he said he never met a Tom he didn't like, and I want to thank you for continuing that but solid he, tradition. But you're saying he never met me? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why flip it negative? Yeah, why, 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 why flip he's it incapable negative. of taking a compliment. <laughs> We've known that for years. Have a great weekend with the family. Shalom, amigos. 